Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. Uh, this podcast was created to highlight and share and spread awareness of the growing number of stories that are adversely affecting women and parents and children. Uh, and today's episode is no different. This is someone who is actively fighting back against that in a place, in a climate where it is desperately needed. Uh, today's guest is Michael Markey Jr. He is running for U.S. Congress in Michigan. Uh, so check out our conversation. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining the Gains for Girls podcast. I wanted to give you the opportunity very briefly to introduce yourself, uh, talk about what you're doing now and what your future looks like. Sure. So my, my name is Michael Markey. I'm running for U.S. Congress here in Michigan's third district. Uh, it's what they call D plus one, but it's been a Republican district for a hundred, I think, out of 103 years. So it is one of the, it is certainly one of the districts we can take back that NRCC has labeled it as one of the top take back. But I can tell you the moment I got in the race, my opponent, Hillary Skolton, who's a first term uh, incumbent now, she said her very first act in Congress was saying a baby who survives a failed abortion doesn't deserve medical care. So oftentimes people say, well, that's an abortion issue. Clearly it's not because to have a failed abortion, you had to have access to abortion. And it is just absurd to me that you could say a baby who against all odds survives a failed abortion wouldn't deserve medical care. So that, that was the moment. I had a lot of people telling me that, hey, Mike, you got to get in this race. And I kept saying, we'll see. Let's see what kind of uh, congresswoman we have. Um, but that really told us everything we needed to know. Even for the state of Michigan. Uh, yeah. But before we get into anything else, I have to ask uh, myself, knowing that you're a Harvard graduate, <laughs> what is your institution doing? <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I've told people before, I, I was a Division One baseball player. I went to Eastern Michigan, and over the course of my career, as it kind of evolved, um, I started getting some negative feedback when I tried to kind of go into more of the academic circles. People saying, well, I mean, Mike, come on, you got a degree, you got an undergrad, a bachelor's from Eastern Michigan. And so I got sick and tired of having the negative feedback, so I figured, let's take that off the table. I'll go to Harvard. Um, I really never thought I was going to have to defend that decision. Um, but again, here's, I mean, one of the themes, and we talk about it a lot in our district, in our campaign, though, is that what Democrats do is they want to take the good of something, but they don't take the negative. They just want to take, you know, this one piece. Well, you got to take it all. And so what the president at Harvard did, uh, I mean, number one, she got into her role by plagiarizing. We've seen that now. Uh, but her speech in Congress was, again, almost as abhorrent as Hillary Scolton's. Um, you cannot create a culture of instability and not take the side and, and put a safe environment for your Jewish students. So myself and Elise Stefanik, I think we were some of the first to come out asking for uh, President Gay's re resignation. Well, that's amazing. Uh, and it was successful. And I imagine even, of course, the state of Michigan, you have University of Michigan. There's a lot more. Uh, I think that needs to be exposed in higher ed and especially our leaders in higher ed. Uh, but you got in the race. Did you have any sort of political background before this or were you someone who just kind of saw a need and was willing to, to put yourself out there? So I actually had a, a quick background, I guess, in politics. Um, I was one of the ones who ran for governor in the state of Michigan last year. Uh, they disqualified our campaign due to signatures, which is a different conversation. Uh, you know, we had entire petition seat sheets that they said were obviously fraudulent where every single person on the sheet signed a sworn statement saying it was their signature. But you know what? Uh, you're a former athlete. I've had games where I would say the, the ump made the wrong call. 
And you can do one of two things. You can concentrate on how they, they, you know, they messed up the call. They took the game out of your hands. Uh, and then you can let that flow into the next game. And what, what happens then? You're going to lose that game too. And so instead, I mean, it was harder for me to say this a year ago, but it was, all right, the ump made a wrong call. It's time to lace up our, our shoes, our spikes, and, and let's get out there again. So I created a super pack helping try to defeat uh, Gretchen Whitmer last year, traveling the state with some of the grassroots organizations. And then when Hillary Skolton flipped our seat, a lot of people said, Mike, you got to get in this race. And again, I said, you know, she ran on a very message that said, I'm going to hold Democrats accountable, which is unique, right? Democrats don't say that. And I'll be really an ally to Republicans on some common sense issues. So I said, let's give her a shot. And then her first, you know, her first weekend, it was babies who survived failed abortion don't deserve medical care. Then she ran it. I mean, she kept giving us gifts. She then ran an employment ad that said, um, white males strongly encouraged not to apply. I was like, well, I wasn't planning on it, but come on now. And uh, from there, she she supported a bill that said the government should have the right to censor what they think is hate speech. Uh, she then voted for a bill that would take away gas appliances, gas uh, heating and cooling. And so, I mean, here in Michigan, we just had a little bit of snow. Uh, where I'm at, we had almost, uh, you know, maybe 20, 25 inches. And a lot, I think 172,000 people across the state of Michigan were without power. I'm very thankful we had a gas, you know, furnace. Um, I know neighbors had uh, gas um, generators to keep everything running. And so this is the, you know, it's a common approach by the Democrats that they know better than we do, and they want to take away individual choice. Of course, and we know how that turns out, uh, not necessarily here in Western civilization yet, but that's the goal. You look at other countries uh, that have really taken on this Marxist socialist regime, and it's not pretty. Uh, But Michigan especially is so interesting to me because it's one of the few states that has so many women in these elected official roles. Uh, You have, as you said, Gretchen Whitmer as governor, unfortunately. You have Dana Nessel as attorney general. You have Jocelyn Benson as secretary of state. And if I'm not mistaken, I think women make up a very large portion of the legislative body as well. Yet, despite having all of these women in these powerful positions, Michigan seems to be one of the leading states, along with others like California and Massachusetts and these other blue states, in actively and openly discriminating against women and girls. And they use the abortion issue as kind of like this guise, as if they're trying to protect women's rights. Uh, But that's not what is happening. Uh, So I guess my question for you is, why does it most commonly seem to be women trying to dismantle and and being successful in dismantling women's rights to privacy in our bathrooms and locker rooms and our our rights to safety in our sports and in prisons and equal opportunity. I think sometimes there's a assumed credibility, like uh, women can talk about women issues different than men can talk about women issues and men can talk about men issues differently than women can talk about men issues. But I think more succinctly or more importantly here, this is a big difference between Republican leadership and Democratic leadership. Uh, I mean, within my district, there's a community called Rockford. And in Rockford, the public schools just um, hid the fact from a set of parents that they were helping one of uh, the, their, well, the parents' kids. They were helping a kid transition and weren't letting the parents know. Because that, you know, that was the right thing to do. No, it's not. You bring the parents involved. The parents should always be involved in decisions, especially something such as that. I mean, let's make it really simple. Like my experience as a behavioral advisor says, kind of talk about issues, but in something that maybe we're more familiar with. 
people would be out, out, you know, Democrats would be outraged if a teacher took a 16 year old to the mall to get this big old tattoo across their back of like, you know, the, the uh, tiger from Rocky. I love the movie Rocky. So I think of like, we just watched it the other day. So think of that black Jackie war. Can you imagine kid coming home and say, Hey, look what I got back here. People would go, I can't believe it, but you can, you can get rid of a tattoo. And by the way, you can put a t-shirt on and, and you won't tell. But transitioning is completely different. I mean, this is body mutilation. This is something that you can't go back. Uh, and so, thankfully, those parents have gotten a lot of support in our district. They're they're suing the school district over it, as they should. Well, yeah, as they should. Uh, you're right. The the tattoo incident uh, is far less severe than what's actually happening uh, and that our elected leaders, Democrat leaders, are voting for. We just saw this week uh, in Maine, they introduced a trans trafficking type bill that Michigan has taken on as well, basically saying uh, Maine will be the sanctuary state, blah, blah, blah. Uh, leadership, uh, there was a couple emails that were sent to leadership. Actually, I would argue thousands of emails. Ultimately, they postponed it because they're cowards. Uh, their vote where they were going to decide if they wanted to advance uh, with the progression of this bill. Uh, so, yeah, that's absolutely insane. Uh, we've talked about your opponent. Uh, she is a sitting Democrat member of Congress now, uh, Representative Shulton. Last year, the RNC polled that she is 70% more extreme than the average American. And, of course, we've talked about her voting record on abortion and, and the gas issue and different things. But she voted in opposition of protecting women and girls in sports uh, when this bill was voted on the U.S. House. That can't, I mean, I, I can't imagine that represents Michiganders. And do you think she, she really believes that she's on the right side of this issue? I do think she believes it, which just shows how delusional they can be. Um, and it, it's not the popular opinion. And, and by the way, we shouldn't be trying to legislate just because it's popular opinion. This is a difference between right and wrong. Probably the most, probably the most common uh, counter argument I get from people is, is this really that big of an issue? And why are we attacking it now? Well, you know, when something's right or wrong, you don't wait for it to be a big issue. You step in, and that's what takes courage. It, when it's wrong, it's wrong, and you step up and protect, especially we're talking about young girls. Um, and also, when you normalize radical ideas, uh, you know, I've got a, a, a firm believer of this. When you normalize radical ideas, what once seemed radical will seem normal. Um, but we got to yeah. work on how we message this, work on how we explain this. And again, I'll use my experience as a behavioral advisor. Like if we just talk as advisors, financial advisors, we just talk math, people are like, oh, boy, they don't want to talk about it. So we got to use again, analogies and things we're familiar with. So the example that I use, I've been using it in district a lot and it's worked well and it's worked well with some of these middle voters who we got to bring to our side is I, uh, I bring up Michigan. So I grew up a Michigan fan. You can judge me for that, but it's kind of how uh, I connected with my dad. And so when Michigan came out this year, the NCA said Michigan's been stealing signs. The very next opponent on the schedule was Michigan state and Michigan state's coaches and athletic directors said, we're not sure we're going to play Michigan this weekend because now that, you know, they potentially know our signs, they've got an unfair advantage and our players might get hurt. And I, let's back up for a minute. I mean, I was, a, again, a former Division One athlete. These kids, these boys, men, really, right? They're in the finest uh, athletic shape they'll be in their lives. These are a couple hundred pound, you know, athletes. 
And their coaches are looking out for them saying, hey, if we put them in a, in an unfair uh, situation, they might get hurt. And so, and, and outside of Michigan fans, there's a ton. I mean, I saw an article the other day saying Michigan should have an asterisk on this national championship because they had an unfair advantage. You know, you don't see people uh, saying the same thing, you know, in your sport. Well, that should be an asterisk. And I, let's take it back and go, well, wait a minute. You have an uproar that Michigan had an unfair advantage. Now, instead of making this a values issue, let's make this an unfair advantage issue. We had this uproar that Michigan was stealing signs. What about men transitioning in, into girls and playing against female in their sports? It's an unfair advantage, and we're putting them at risk of getting hurt. So we need to protect our girls. I mean, I've got an 11-year-old daughter. She loves playing basketball, and she, you know, she wants to play every sport there is under the sun. I'm not having her. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not having her in a locker room with a, I don't, you know, with a former guy, a biological male, who's suddenly going to say that's not who I am. That may be true. That's that's fine. That's a decision you get to make. But it's a decision I get to make. You're you're not stepping in the locker room with my daughter. You're not stepping on the court with my daughter, uh, unless maybe you're the referee. Um, But we need to uphold these standards because I'm going to go back to it. When you normalize radical ideas, what once seemed radical will seem normal. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, even if you think five years prior to where we are now, there's no way we could have imagined that we would be legislating on if men should be allowed to compete in women's sports. Heck, even the definition of a woman uh, in the U.S. House now, uh, the Women's Bill of Rights has been undertaken by Representative Debbie Lesko and Representative Diana Harshbarger, and it's literally a bill that codifies the word woman. Uh, so you're exactly right. It, it kind of makes you question, what are our limits? If we're willing to deny this, what's the next thing? Uh, So I certainly agree there. Um, But I don't know if people realize, just as of recently something I've noticed, I don't know if people realize how quickly the Republican Party can lose the majority in the U.S. House. I mean, even right now, we have one Republican member actually from Kentucky who's out after a car accident. We have two Republican members who are receiving treatment for cancer. We've seen several over the past few weeks uh, Republican members who have announced their retirement. Um, It is crucial that we not only keep our red seats in office, but flip the blue seats to red seats. Uh, So I guess my question for you is what can we as common sense Americans Every day, your average person, what can we do to ensure that we have people in office who represent our pro-America, pro-parental rights, pro-child safeguarding, pro-truth values? Well, I think it's pretty easy. And one of the things that I hear from people is they'll say, well, Mike, I'm not in your district. And I kind of say, so what? You know, if you're not in my district, it just means simply you can't vote for me. But it doesn't mean that my votes aren't going to represent you and your ideals, our ideals, right? And so what we need to do a better job as Republicans, and this is an area where Democrats beat us, is that they'll get behind candidates across the country and they'll do these small dollar donations, $5 here, a dollar, $10, and they get behind these candidates and really help push them past the line. Now, uh, I just turned 40. I've been running a business for over 20 years, which uh, didn't really seem real until my my team, and they're like, hey, this is the math. And I'm like, boy, you. you know. Yeah, I know. Oops. How did that happen? Um, but you know what I've been telling people is uh, go online, go to michaelmarkeyjr.com. Uh, so it's Michael, M-A-R-K-E-Y-J-R.com. And I'm going to ask a favor. You know, start with a buck. Start with five bucks. But put it on reoccurring because what I want you to do is hold us accountable. 
And so let's start that relationship now. And in three months, if we're not doing our job, we're not upholding those values that you, you know, put a little bit of that support. Like if what we've said today makes sense, which I hope it does, then put five bucks, 10 bucks behind us, put on reoccurring. And then if we, you know, if we fail at that trust, let us know. I don't think we will. But let us know, and that's how we start beating Democrats, because we got to have everybody doing this, everybody getting behind candidates that make sense so we can flip seats like mine. I mean, here's a seat that was Republican for the last 50 years, 100 out of 103 years. Uh, we've got one of the, I mean, um, Hillary's, we talked about Hillary Skolton's uh, voting record. She's voting in lockstep with Rashida Tlaib. That's who we got to beat. But we need money to let everyone know, here's what she's been voting on. Because she's, of course, not going to admit to some of these things. But that's what's cool about a voting record. So get behind us. Give us some of your support. Let us earn it. Let us get in a relationship and earn it. And we'll continue to earn it. And if for some reason you feel like we didn't, let us know. But that's how we win this. And that's how we win seats like this across the country. And let Democrats know how radical and extreme they really are. Absolutely. Which is crucial in states like Michigan. And I was telling you this before, but every time it's so unique, every time I'm in Michigan, it's it's different than any other state. The people there seem so fed up. (laughs) They seem so angry, Uh, really in the best way possible, though, because it's it's very clear to me that they're ready to roll up their sleeves and do something about it. Um, But you're right. This is not unique, I guess, to Michigan. I I think it's it's now spreading across the country. Uh, And I've also said time and time again. It is crucial for people to financially support uh, in whatever way you can the people who are actually on the ground doing the work. No, not everyone can run for office. No, not everyone can be um, involved in the same way that you are and that I am in front of a camera on a stage. That's not everyone's forte, but everyone has a role. Uh, It's necessary and urgent to restore sanity in this country. Um, so one more time, I just wanted you to be able to uh, plug your website. You know, how can people find out more information about you, you know, your key issues, your congressional race and ways to support you in your efforts? Yeah, so you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on I, I was going to say all the social media things, but uh, we are not on TikTok and nor will we be. So you can find us at uh, Michael Markey Jr. On, on Twitter. It's Vote Markey on Facebook. But the best where you want to get all the information is Michael Markey Jr., M-A-R-K-E-Y-J-R dot com. Uh, and then reach out. Let us know. You know, let us know what we're doing well. Let us know what you didn't like. I'm not saying we're, we're going to, you know, we're not pandering, so we're not going to change just because you go, I didn't like you said that. But, uh, you know, uh, you're a former athlete. What's the very best thing we get? Feedback. Absolutely. I love it when a coach is like, hey, I'm not playing you today because you didn't do these things. Or here's the things you need to improve on. So I love feedback. Our team loves it. That's what we're built on. And, and that's what really what we need more is accountability, which is a form of feedback, certainly. Absolutely. Constructive criticism. Right. That's how we grow. That's how we unite, ultimately, which is what this country is desperately in need of. Um, so thank you. We will be following along your race. Uh, I imagine a ton of other races. Uh, this is a pretty important year for our country, for the state of Michigan, a lot of these blue states. Uh, so we're grateful for you and your efforts, and we will be following along. It's important we get behind people like Michael Markey, uh, people who are doing the work to combat this movement we're seeing across America. Uh, It's crucial that we flip these blue seats, whether that's the local level, the state level, the federal level. It's crucial and urgent that we flip them red if we want to maintain sanity 
common sense and normalcy in this country. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, make sure you check us out at outkick.com. Like, subscribe anywhere where you get your podcasts. And we will see you on the Gains for Girls podcast next week.